From MIT Technology Review, I'm Laurel Ruma, and this is Business Lab, the show that helps business leaders make sense of new technologies coming out of the lab and into the marketplace. Our topic today is literally just that, applying directed energy innovation for a wide range of uses, from satellites to 5G to detecting landmines. And all of this is in the name of helping people live better lives in a better world. Two words for you. Lasers everywhere. My guest today is Dr. Chowki Kazmi, who is the chief researcher at the Directed Energy Research Center at the Technology Innovation Institute, which is part of the Abu Dhabi government's Advanced Technology Research Council and also oversees technology research in the United Arab Emirates. Dr. Kazmi is responsible for building advanced research capabilities in the domains of energy physics, electromagnetic technologies, radar and sensing systems, and laser technologies. Dr. Kazmi was the director of the Mobile and Telecommunication Lab at Dark Matter, and he was the deputy head of the Wireless Security Lab at the French National Cybersecurity Agency. This episode of Business Lab is produced in partnership with Technology Innovation Institute. Welcome, Dr. Cosme. Hello. First, introduce the the Directed Energy Research Center, or DERC, to our listeners who may not be familiar with it. And also, what is directed energy and what types of applications involve directed energy? So the, the Directed Energy Research Center um, at Technology Innovation Institute was um, plays a leading role in understanding and harnessing the physics behind high energy. So the idea uh, when we when uh, we we talk about directed energy systems is the ability to create a high amount of energy in a controlled volume at a given distance in order to trigger physical reactions to study the interaction between the energy and the matter. And you've brought a number of scientists and researchers together to the UAE to study this. Yeah, we, we were pretty lucky to attract uh, some of the best uh, scientists and engineers uh, here in Abu Dhabi in order to join us in this adventure in setting up uh, one of the most advanced laboratories in the world when it comes to directed energy and uh, high energy physics. What kinds of technology and application experiments and developments do you perform in your lab? What are some of those daily examples that people would understand? So in, in general, we, we, when, it, when we try to explain our uh, uh, roadmap and uh, research activities, uh, we have to, to uh, just clarify how the center is organized. So we have four divisions, and those four divisions have a specific domain of uh, research. We have electromagnetics lasers and optics, the signal and acoustics, and wave machine intelligence. And each of the of these four divisions are innovating and contributing in specific projects where cross-collaboration is uh, required. So when it comes to the research itself, it has a specific application in order to cover uh, or to solve uh, scientific or technical challenges that the industry is experiencing currently. We work on IoT, so Internet of Things, uh, UAVs, and the uh, unmanned aerial systems. Uh, we work on the telecommunication technologies, medical applications, and 
any relevant domain of interest of the Technology Innovation Institute. That is definitely a wide range of opportunity. So what are your goals and outcomes that you're trying to achieve through through your research? It's, it's, it's a very interesting question. So it, it's true that we are uh, covering uh, many aspects of, uh, of uh, directed energy technologies, but at the end, we have one objective in common, solving the most complex challenges for humanity and for a better world. One of the uh, interesting projects that we have advertised during the last three months uh, is the ground penetrating radar. This system has for main goal to provide and support the NGOs uh, developing countries to detect and neutralize unexploded landmines, which are still causing a lot of injuries all over the world. That's definitely for the good of everyone. Um, and people may not understand that that's a technology, as you said, fairly new um, and direct applications that can help save lives. So your lab has its own laser sources, which is rare. And you've described the lab as a giant microwave oven. What is the experiment process like? And how does that unique environment allow you to do something that would otherwise be difficult or even impossible? So the, the current laboratories that we have unveiled, and some of them are, will be unveiled uh, uh, later this month, uh, are the following. We have dedicated research laboratories for electromagnetics and microwave applications. And this is where we, we gave it the surname of uh, microwave oven because we literally generate high power microwave uh, the same way a microwave oven would do. With this laboratory, we are able to uh, test uh, our different technologies that we have been uh, developing during the last uh, year and a half uh, for telecommunication applications, for sensing applications and medical applications, um, which you, you may have heard about the medical application of a specific type of lens, which provides us a better uh, a treatment of the uh, breast cancer by reducing the collateral damages around the, uh, the, the cancer cells. The laser itself is a, is a, is a, has a dedicated, so the laser and photonics uh, research group has a dedicated laboratory, uh, where we are able to perform different type of R&D, uh, project, developing our laser sources. So this is where we have a team dedicated to, uh, designing and researching on how we could create high performance highly efficient laser sources for uh, medical application again, telecommunication. And when, when we talk about telecommunication, in this case, it's about uh, ground-to-space uh, communication and uh, an acoustic laboratory where we perform the R&D on sonar technologies and underwater uh, sensors, as well as a dedicated laboratory uh, which provides us a full isolation between the electron outside electromagnetic environment, uh, in order to study the noise emitted by uh, electronic uh, components. That is certainly a, a wide range of uses, and um, as you mentioned, practical uh, as well as exploratory and and uh, innovative as well. So, how is you mentioned collaboration across many different disciplines? So, for example, how is artificial intelligence using directed energy research and how does AI allow you to do things that you may not have been able to do before? So we we are we are pretty much lucky here at TII as we have 
uh, an AI office with experts uh, coming from different backgrounds. They have been developing key technologies when it comes to AI. And within the research centers, uh, such as uh, the, the Directed Energy Research Center here, we have a team working on leveraging AI to improve, optimize, and enhance the capabilities of the technologies we are building. One of the examples is the ground penetrating radar or the X-ray for the ground, as it was called recently, where we use AI in order to see what classical signal processing tools were not able to detect or uh, observe. And this is how, as an example, AI is pushing the boundaries and supporting our innovation strategy. And that is certainly solving a very complex problem. So framing our exploration of directed energy around land, as you mentioned before, aerospace, as well as sea applications, at a high level, could you share some of your recent work with these technologies and how they've started to emerge from your lab? If we start with aerospace, for example, in the United States, we've seen significant obstacles rolling out a 5G network as there are concerns that 5G could interfere with altimeter readings for takeoff and landing of aircraft. So how can directed energy be applied for solutions like this issue? So here, here I would, uh, I would uh, mention the project we have in the electromagnetic group. We have a strong uh, research team which has been working on what we call electromagnetic compatibility and interference. And uh, we have been developing different type of uh, technologies that could be used in order to prevent um, the interference, the interferences induced by the 5G network on aircraft altimeters. This is one example of what we could do in order to prevent those uh, parasitic coupling. In the other side, we have also been working extensively on laser-based communication which we believe could be a good opportunity or a good alternative uh, in order to prevent electromagnetic interferences as uh, optics doesn't have the same uh, challenges that uh, microwave uh, have. Yeah, and as you just mentioned, there are applications of high-energy laser technology in everyday use cases, like our phones, um, for example, So could you share some of the other innovative applications of directed energy that are supporting emerging technologies for satellites, as well as the movement of data, which is necessary for today's telecommunication functions? The interesting part with uh, with optical uh, communication is that the uh, throughput uh, that can carry uh, optical communication is way higher than any other uh, communication technology uh, today. So developing a system and subsystem that could enable the deployment at scale of uh, optical optical communication system between satellites, from satellite to ground, from satellite to the moon, is something that we would like to uh, innovate. So we have a team doing uh, uh, advanced uh, R&D on uh, different subsystems of, uh, of optical communication technologies. And our goal is to contribute to the development and the deployment of such technologies in the future. But communication is only one example. We can go also to uh, um, surgery where lasers are very powerful as they reduce the collateral damages and the time for recovery 
uh, for patients. And we also have an interesting uh, uh, application when it comes to uh, power beaming and how we can transfer uh, energy in uh, wireless to specific objects at longer ranges. We can think about a drone flying about above a certain area and uh, keeping the drone 24-7 in the sky would help to uh, help the uh, society in case of um, a specific uh, humanitarian crisis. And this is something also that we are looking at. And you mentioned from the ground to satellite and satellite to the moon. What is possible in space? So the, the propagation, uh, the, the, the communication channel is way uh, more interesting when it comes to space communications. Uh, and the interesting aspect of laser is that we are able to focus the energy and reduce the loss in the, in the communication channel. So we have better ranges. And we are able to compensate the, the effect of the, of the channel on the propagation, uh, on, the, on the propagation path and the signal quality. Now, saying that tomorrow we will have a laser communicating to the moon directly is uh, not realistic. And uh, the current idea is, is to say, let's create a gateway in between the moon and Earth and to use it as a relay to communicate with uh, a potential uh, human presence uh, there. So as you mentioned, moving to land applications, uh, I watched the video about the landmine detector that came out of your lab. So talk a little bit more about how those capabilities surpass previous approaches and what is set up in actually building a landmine detector where the landmines are. Uh, I think the last part of the question should be, it might might be interesting to, to get an answer first. We have a team of uh, uh, top scientists coming from Colombia who have been investing a lot of time in developing uh, technologies in order to support the clearing of uh, land due to uh, uh, leftover war leftovers. So the idea was to leverage the knowledge and know-how of the team and to bring it to the table in order to create a low-cost autonomous platform that would be able to scan and detect landmines. The principle is known the disruptive innovation that we are bringing today is how we can make it affordable for developing countries. The idea is to create a technology that could really help solve a worldwide problem at cost. And this is very important for us as we would like to have this system deployed at scale. Understandably, because unfortunately there are many places around the world that could use this landmine detection technology, as well as for, for other purposes, right? Could it be used in an application such as archaeology or something like that? Absolutely. The idea is that we, we and in the way we work, is to really create building blocks and to combine or reuse those building blocks in order to uh, tackle additional challenges. One of the examples you have mentioned is very interesting. Archaeology is something we are looking into. Uh, as we have a, a very interesting discussion with companies who are looking at detecting and characterizing the presence of on in the in the order, in the underground of uh, pipes, water pipes, uh, electrical network, etc. So at the end of the day, if we are looking into archaeology, we would reuse the same ground penetrating radar, but we would modify, improve. Uh, the, the current capability. So 
moving to something on land uh, as well, which is high energy systems bring to mind 3D printing. So what kind of applications um, can directed energy help with manufacturing? The ability to generate and, and focus a high amount of energy allows to for the processing of materials. When it comes to 3D and 4D printing technologies today, they are using a, 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 a cutting-edge smart composite materials. And the idea with uh, uh, directed energy technologies and, and lasers in particular is to be able to vaporize or to um, create a specific uh, physical process in order to uh, enhance the quality of the material used in 3D and 4D printers, as well as creating high accuracy uh, technologies in order to leverage 3D and 4D printers for new applications or challenging applications. If we think about uh, the energy sector, if we think about the space sector, they need to produce very accurate uh, uh, component and systems. And to do that, it requires to have cutting-edge technologies that may exist or may not exist. Many of the of the applications of 3D printers and 4D printers today for space application are developed based on specific requirements that the industry is looking at. And we would like to bring our technologies to that market as well, uh, as soon as possible. And then moving to applications at sea, what emerging directed energy technologies are being applied in that environment, uh, under the water, and how are they improving um, what used to be done? So here we, we have a, a, a more classic approach uh, when it comes to underwater acoustic and communication. The idea with our program is to create R&D platforms that would allow uh, scientists to innovate on the way we are communicating underwater, which is a, 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 a very complex challenge. The way we are looking at fishery, how we are able to control the underwater environment, and how we are able to see things at a long distance without moving too much our platforms. So, the same way we are able to generate and beam a laser, our goal today is to master uh, underwater acoustics in order to create a new type of sensors and communication modems uh, to support the innovation of uh, in the field of uh, underwater uh, uh, unmanned uh, underwater platforms. That's amazing. So it really is from the ocean to the land to the sea to the uh, uh, moon and back. Um, it's just astounding. So there can't, you cannot be doing this in a vacuum. And part of that collaboration must also then be with governments, right? So policy and regulation requirements are probably really complex. Are there international standards and practices in place or are they being developed now? So there, there are two things. Uh, the first thing is that we, we are uh, pretty much lucky because all the planets are fully aligned today in the UAE. From research centers, uh, government bodies, and uh, policymakers, the idea and the current trend is to really align the business requirements with the R&D and innovation uh, capabilities in the country and the policymakers in order to provide us the right, um, right level of support and opportunities 
to bring our innovation to the market. Now, UAE is a, is a worldwide, worldwide, uh, is, sorry. The UAE is connected to the world and we have to develop technologies that could penetrate the market in different parts of the world. So we are applying international standards to our R&D technologies and submitting technologies with industry partners to international certifications to make sure that the technologies we are building could be used anywhere in the world. Uh, that's amazing. So we're talking about um, lasers being used from communications on land to the moon and underwater even. So how do you envision high energy systems impacting our everyday lives in the next, say, 10 to 15 years? I think that it's already started, but people didn't realize it um, for uh, non-technical and, and scientific, the non-scientific community. We think that... Uh, Directed energy is uh, only in Hollywood movies uh, such as Star Wars. <laughs> the reality is that we have lasers everywhere. Uh, people get uh, surgery today with lasers. Uh, we uh, have optical communications. We have uh, uh, microwave technologies used for 5G application. It shows that it's already started and we, we just see the tip of the iceberg in reality. That's phenomenal. Dr. Cosme, thank you so much for joining us today. What has just been a fantastic conversation on the Business Lab. Thank you. That was Dr. Chauki Cosme, the Chief Researcher at the Directed Energy Research Center at the Technology Innovation Institute in the United Arab Emirates, who I spoke with from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the home of MIT and MIT Technology Review, overlooking the Charles River. That's it for this episode of Business Lab. I'm your host, Laurel Ruma. I'm the Director of Insights, the custom publishing division of MIT Technology Review. We were founded in 1899 at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And you can find us in print, on the web, and at events each year around the world. For more information about us and the show, please check out our website at technologyreview.com. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to rate and review us. Business Lab is a production of MIT Technology Review. This episode was produced by Collective Next. Thanks for listening. <laughs>